Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of NHL Trade Talk, the podcast. My name is Jim Parsons, here with NHLTradeTalk.com, TheHockeyWriters.com, TradeTalkSports.com. As always, Brooke Laferno is with me. Brooke, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you, Jim? Good. Uh, where are all of you right now? You're doing hockey writers. You're doing some stuff for us on NHLTradeTalk.com. I got to get you on Trade Talk Sports, too. Uh, mm-hmm. You're just as busy as everybody else is, too, right? You're keeping up with Chicago and whatever whatever else is happening. And by the way, uh, what was it today? It's like there's a special day for female um, authors, writers, sports journalists, things like that. Yeah. You guys, What was it called? What was the official name of it today? It's National um, Women and Girls in Sports Day. There you go. Well, congratulations. You guys, oh. the, the ladies over there at the Hockey Raiders, and, and we appreciate everything you're doing for us, too. Uh, it's a good thing that they're celebrating uh, how much you guys contribute to what everybody's doing here. Like, it's uh, it's super uh, awesome to see the kind of work that, that you ladies are doing. Oh, thank you, Jim. You're you're one of the best teammates we have. So thank you for that. No problem. Okay, so let's get right to what we're talking about today. We're going to be talking about the Boer Horvat trade. I was listening, by the way, I was listening to the 32 Thoughts podcast the other day, and they were talking about Elliot Friedman and Jeff Merrick were talking about names that they butcher all the time. Mm-hmm. Bo Horvat, for whatever reason, is one that stumps me. I have a hard time saying Bo Horvat. Like, I've just said it twice in a row really well now, but I first almost screwed it up on the first one. For whatever reason, those two... Uh, those two words together just get me every time. But Bo Horvat was traded. He's been moved to the New York Islanders, which kind of surprised a lot of people. I don't know if it's necessarily the fact that he went to the Islanders that is surprising everybody. It's when he went to the Islanders, right? Like, this is really far ahead of the NHL trade deadline. The Islanders were sort of rumored to be maybe a sleeper team in this, like they'd kick tires a little bit on it. But I don't think anybody expected them to just sort of jump out here, here like a month before the deadline and grab the player. And, you know, now there's teams like Boston and whoever else was in on this is kind of going, holy moly. Okay. I guess game on. So let's talk a little bit about that trade. Uh, what do you think? Are you one surprised that he went to the Islanders and what did you make of the trade? Yes, I was surprised by it only because, I mean, I think we all knew he was going to be traded, but I'm kind of with you. I was surprised that it happened right this second. I really thought it would be a last minute um thing, but I will say I kind of like this trade, to be honest, for both teams. It seems like this might work for both sides. Obviously, the New York Islanders need scoring very badly. They've needed it for a long time. They have great defense. They have great goaltending, but they need a scorer. So that helps them. And they're only a couple points out of the wild card. So if he stays to form with the Islanders, that should help a lot. And it seems like Vancouver kind of stayed true to what they were asking for originally. I know they said they wanted um, three players, including a top prospect. Uh, they didn't really get three players with that. They got two in a prospect or two in a draft pick. So, you know what? They both kind of work out. I think, I think this will help both teams. And obviously Vancouver said they wanted, um, players like 26 and younger, <laughs> um, to help with that, even though Bo Horvat's only 27. But like I said, I think both teams actually went out on this one. I know a lot of people were kind of like, I don't know about this one. I think it's kind of underwhelming, but like I said, I think this could be fair for both sides. I kind of like it. Yeah, well, the, the official trade is Bo Horvath goes to the Islanders for forward Anthony Beauvillier, center Atu Ratu, and then protected 2023 first-round pick, which, if it falls within the top 12 of this year's draft, will actually slide to 2024, which is not protected. So mm-hmm. I, I'm imagining that the Canucks, if they draft here, will be drafting in the first round of this year. I don't think, even if the Islanders don't make the playoffs, that they're going to be inside the bottom 12. I mm-hmm. would imagine that they're probably going to be somewhere in the middle of the pack. 
Um, so I'm assuming Vancouver's going to draft this year. That's the deal. Um, there's nobody really in. I like some people like Achuratu. They think he's got a pretty good ceiling. But Villiers, I his is a player. Like he's certainly mm-hmm. in the roster, uh, a regular NHLer. Uh, I'm not sure that he's hit whatever ceiling or projection mm-hmm. people have for him. Uh, and maybe Vancouver's thinking that a change of scenery is really going to kind of boost him in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Uh, they get that first rounder, which they wanted. So. I'm a little surprised that Patrick Alvin, the GM of Vancouver, is kind of like, it's kind of like getting three first-round picks. Well, it isn't yeah. really. Like, it's not that at all. I mean, you've got a prospect, uh, NHL player, and a first-rounder, which is not a terrible return. Mm-hmm. What really shocked me here was the confession or the, the talk here that he didn't shop this. Like, mm-hmm. the Islanders came to him with the trade offer. He sort of locked it in. He did not take this offer to any other teams that were interested in Borovet and say, this is what the Islanders are willing to give us. What will you do? Are you willing to do anything more? I don't know why. Do you have any thought as to why he wouldn't do that? Like what, what would possess a GM of a team who knows that they have to sell, who every other team knows that Borovet's going to be traded and they need as much leverage as they can possibly get. Wouldn't shop this around. Like, why would you not go to other teams like Boston or Detroit or Seattle or whomever else might have been in the conversation here and go, what are you willing to do? Like, are we going with the Islanders on this one or can you beat this offer? Why wouldn't you do that? I really don't know. And like I said, the only thing I can think of is that it was pretty close. Like I said, to the rumored what Vancouver was rumored to be asking for. That's really all I could think of besides the third player in that deal. And something tells me something about that first round pick um probably played a role too I mean to be honest I think most teams would give up a first round pick for Bo Horvat I mean he's one of the top goal scorers in the league right now I think he's eighth in the league and he was second in the league for a little bit behind Connor McDavid so I do think he would have gotten a similar package elsewhere but yeah I I'm not really sure either what that was about unless he was really intrigued by Anthony Beauvillier who was a first round pick himself I don't Mm -hmm. know like I said it is kind of weird but yeah, some tells me that first round pick had something to do with it, even though it is protected. But yeah, it is kind of strange for sure. Like, I I don't know this. I'm not a fly on the wall. I have no confirmation that this is... We are talking about Lou Lamarillo here, right? Like, this mm-hmm. is the Islanders GM who is notorious for, you know, if, if trades leak, if the talk of something gets out there, he just calls the trade off, mm-hmm. right? So it wouldn't shock me at all if he was talking to Vancouver and he said, look, I'm willing to give you this. You shop it around, you waste any time, you take it. I'm not doing it. Like, it wouldn't shock me at all if Elvin got intimidated by Lula Amarillo. Like, and mm-hmm. it just was kind of like, well, I don't want to risk not having this. Let's let's do it, right? Because it just doesn't make any sense to me. Even if you took five minutes per team and said, Lou, I'll get right back to you. Mm-hmm. And then took a half an hour and called other teams and said, this is the offer. Don't say anything, blah, blah, blah. What am I doing? And I need you to make a decision right now. If nobody comes to you and says, yeah, we're not going to beat that. Then go back to Lou and go, yeah, done deal. But mm-hmm. would you, why not doing that? Like, it just didn't make any sense to me. So I just wonder if he sort of got pushed around here and it was kind of like Lou's going, look, decide right now. Like, if you want it, we got it. But if you don't, uh, this trades off the table. And you just wonder if that sort of thing is happening in a conversation between these two, because it just doesn't make any sense to me otherwise. What I'm also interested by is the fact that Lou Lamarillo and Bo Horvat both acknowledge that there's been no contract talks whatsoever, right? So the Islanders do not know if Horvat is interested. Now, Horvat has come out and said that he's willing to talk about this, mm-hmm. and the Islanders have said that they would like to get him signed. I don't know that I 
think it's going to happen. Like I would be shocked. In fact, if Horvat chooses not to test free agency here, um, but the Islanders didn't know that when they traded for him. Um, so it's a pretty decent package for a guy that could be a rental. Uh, what do you think the chances are the Islanders make the playoffs because of Horvat? Like they're on the outside looking in right now. They're not in the spot. They've got a little bit of waste. They're not that far out, but they do have no. some climbing to do. Um, do you think he gets them over the hump? Do you think he puts them in the playoffs? I do actually, because like I said, they have a great defense and they have great goaltending. That's usually the start of what you need to make the playoffs. They just don't have scoring besides Matthew Barzell. So like I said, if he sticks to form, yeah, I do think he'll be the I don't know if he'll be enough to win the cup, but I do think he'll be enough to make the playoffs. And that's what's kind of interesting here about his future in Long Island, I think. I think Lou Lamorello needed this trade badly because I think everyone was kind of, he was facing a lot of pressure because he didn't really make any moves during the summer to improve the team um, from last year. And I know that kind of left a sour taste in everyone's mouth a little bit. Um, so I do think he was looking to do something at the trade deadline. So I do think he needed that. So it will be interesting because I do think that he needs Horvat to resign too, to kind of get the ball rolling here for their future. But yeah, I don't exactly know if I see him signing there long-term either, but it's, yeah, it's a weird kind of situation there uh, for sure. But yes, I do see him helping them make the playoffs for sure. Well, and I'm, if you're saying that you're not sure the Islanders are done, I a hundred percent agree with you. I don't, I do not think the Islanders are done here. Like, uh, what well, you're right. This is not a Stanley Cup contending team. Uh, it wouldn't even like you're. You might be on something. They might make the playoffs. Corbett could put them over, and away they go. But even if they get in, this is not necessarily a, a team that's going to be guaranteed to win the first round matchup. Like mm-hmm. they need to add more stuff. There's just no way, and they have the money to do it. Like in terms of deadline cap space right now, they're sitting at just over 11 million bucks. 11.3. This is with Horvat on the roster, right? Um, because they've got you know, 4.125, like Vancouver retained 25% of the salary on this trade, right? So not only did Vancouver give up, uh, you know, Horvath, but they kept some money in this deal. So the Islanders have plenty of room to move here. Like they've got other things they can do. They've got pieces they could add. They can wait. And I, that's one of the reasons I think they did this so early. I think they want to see what Horvath and Matthew Barzell or whomever that he's going to play with can do together and what kind of chemistry they can kick up and see if they can't mesh really well right away. And then go, okay, well, what else do we have now? Both of them are centers, so maybe they go one, two, or maybe they put one of them on the wing or whatever the case is. But they want to know what they need to add around these two guys. And so um, it's going to be very interesting to see how long they wait before they do something because I think they're going to do something. They, they're going to do one of two things. They're either going to fall out of contention and they're going to flip Horvat again, or they're mm-hmm. going to be in and they're going to add like crazy, right? Mm-hmm. I, I think that's probably where, you're, where they're going with this. What do you think the chances are that Horvat gets moved again? Because they did this so fast. Like, there's so much time now between this and the deadline. Do you think there's a chance? What do you think the odds are? Do you you think he signs or do you think he's potentially traded again? I don't think he'll get traded again. I just, I don't see that happening. Although, I guess if you're a general manager, that's kind of a, I don't want to say a fun spot to be in, but I guess kind of if he doesn't perform at all, and then you're like, well, I still got this guy could trade for a haul, especially if you're the Islanders who kind of have a weird, um kind of uh depth pipeline so but yeah I just don't see him getting traded I don't see that happening I like I said I don't know if I see him resigning in Long Island long term maybe he will I don't know it's maybe it's too early to tell um but yeah I but no I don't see a situation where he gets traded again yeah they I mean if they Horvath's going to be fine I don't know if he'll regress just based on who he's playing with Mm -hmm. or not but Right. And he's, he's been so hot that the likelihood that he 
you go takes a step back is probably better than the likelihood he takes another step forward. But uh, yeah, if the Islanders fall out of it, uh, he's certainly an asset you can move again. You know, like there'll mm-hmm. be other teams that didn't get in on this who'll be like, okay, if you're serious, let's let's talk. But um, yeah, it'll be really kind of interesting to see what they do here. I know they said they talk about this. I don't, I don't see them signing him. Like, I think they'll try. I would be shocked if he doesn't test the waters on free agency because there's so many teams, mm-hmm. depending on what Bergeron and Christy do in Boston, what the Red Wings want to do, mm-hmm. what Seattle's looking like. There's a lot of teams that'll be in on him in free agency, and it would be kind of strange unless the Islanders are willing to do you know big money and just say we don't even want you to look. Here's what we'll give you. Uh, I'd be a little surprised if he doesn't go out and at least look at things. Um, yeah. So we'll see. And he's earned that right. Yeah. And that's what Vancouver said, right? They're like, we wanted him to stay. We thought we were going to get to keep him. Uh, he wanted to, although he didn't really say this when he talked, he's like, I thought it'd be a Canuck for life, but mm-hmm. they said, you know, he wanted to test free agency. He has earned the right to do that. So we felt we had to trade him, you know, yeah. it'll be interesting to see what happens in Vancouver and what the, what the domino effect is of this, because I think they're a team. I should probably ask you that. Like how much more action are we going to see out of Vancouver? I think a lot. I think at this point, they not for good reasons. I don't think we'll see like trades that are going to try to make them better right now. But I do think there is a little bit of, I don't want to say the word tanking going on, but I kind of do a little bit because that Jim Rutherford kind of mentioned that, well, I thought we were tanking, you know, we kind of were, you know, slipping already. And then he was kind of like, I'm being honest. I want that top pick. So I don't know what's going to happen, but I do see a lot of more moves out of Vancouver. Plus the fact that everything is kind of just a mess there right now and a lot of players are not happy and not performing so yeah i think we'll see a lot of moves out of there for sure i think they'll have a different look after the trade deadline if thatcher demko goes the tank is on full whatever uh-huh. right like the fact that patrick alvin went out and didn't shoot down i talked about this with colton on one of the, the hot careers podcasts that we do uh, he, that he did not just immediately shoot down any you know he didn't squash elias Pedersen rumors he didn't squash quinn hughes rumors he didn't squash thatcher demko rumors he didn't say uh-huh. No, we're not going to trade these guys. He just said mm-hmm. it would take a really significant offer for me to consider it. Mm-hmm. Well, that's not a no. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, those are your three best players. And those are the ones that everybody thought would be untouchable. Demko was a maybe because mm-hmm. he hasn't performed all that well this season. But, you know, like, he's still a starting goaltender. He's still a guy that a lot of people are going to be looking at and going, yeah, he's our guy. If he's available, we'll absolutely look at it. But if you trade him or without a goalie to back him up and no real other plant, you're tanking. Like that's absolutely what they're yeah. going to be doing. So, yeah, I don't know. Like, I have no idea what's going on in Vancouver. It's going to be really interesting to see how the tackles because there's a lot of pieces off that team uh, that could be moved here with its Tyler Myers or, or Connor Garland or Luke Shen or whatever. Right? There's so many people that they're going to be shopping. Um, I'm very curious to see what they do. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I think that's uh, on everyone's mind. It should be a reality show at this point. What's going on in Vancouver? No kidding. Uh, <laughs> let's switch gears just a little bit. Let's talk about some news that dropped today. Um, probably not a huge shocker just based on the fact that he hasn't really been all that healthy, but Mark Stone has been announced mm-hmm. as out indefinitely for the Vegas Golden Knights. Now indefinitely doesn't necessarily mean the rest of the season. Um, mm-hmm. The assumption here is probably that that is the case that mm-hmm. he's had a second surgery and he's going to be out for a while. Um, if he is able to come back and he's ready for the postseason, that's great news for Vegas. I don't know if anybody's saying that that's a possibility. I haven't heard anything on a timeline yet. There's been no indication of how long he'll be out, but it does sound pretty serious. 
So I guess let's start before we talk about possibilities of trades out of Vegas. Um, what does this mean for the Golden Knights, who, by the way, have sucked something fierce since he <laughs> has gotten come out of this lineup? Like they were, they were on a roll to start the season, and they are not looking good without him in there. So, how much of a loss for the Golden Knights is Mark Stone? Apparently a lot. And you would think because they have such a kind of star-studded lineup, especially with Jack Eichel and Riley Smith and William Carlson, you would think, okay, well, they it might hurt them a little bit. He's their second leading scorer on the team. But you think, okay, but they still should be able to perform, right? And then you see that they've lost seven of their last eight games and it's just not looking good right now. I mean, I saw I, Riley Smith has gone 12 games without a goal. Jack Eichel has gone five games without a point. Um, Chandler Stevenson has gone 10 games without a goal. Yeah, they're struggling a little bit without Mark Stone. And I guess they don't, you realize how important leadership is, especially when someone like Mark Stone goes down for sure. So I do think, I think Vegas is trying to downplay a little bit, his injury a little bit by not confirming he'll be out for the season. And then even when the injury started or happened, they were kind of like, he'll be out, but didn't want to confirm the severity of the injury. So now that we know it's a back injury, and as we've seen from NHL players, that back injuries are very finicky in the league. Some are more severe than others, and it can keep you out of the lineup and uh, for long stretches of time. I even know that from seeing Connor Murphy on the Blackhawks. Um, so I do think knowing that they will try to make a splash at the trade deadline, a big splash, especially if they keep up all this losing, because like I said, they started out hot and now all of a sudden they're not looking too good. So we'll see. Yeah. I don't even know if they wait, like n- nobody's going to really replace Mark stone. Like, I don't think you could find another forward in this lot allotment of players that might be available here at the deadline. That is a Mark stone. Like, he plays in all situations. He, like you said, he's an excellent leader. He's the voice in the locker room. He produces on offense. He plays strong defense against the team's best players. Like he's everything that you want in a forward. He's super well-rounded and he's kind of the guy that stirs the drink there. Right. Uh-huh. So you're not going to find that. You're just not going to replace it, but you also are Vegas and you are notorious for being in on every major player that becomes available in the marketplace. Uh-huh. And you will take advantage of LTIR. Mm-hmm. Even if he is able to come back, who are we kidding? They're keeping him out. Like they're going to keep him mm-hmm. out because he's going to be out long enough, no matter what, that his absence is going to hurt this team. So go out, spend, get what you need. Try to find somebody to come in here and, and stop the bleeding. Get some, get some wins again. See if you can't get, well, I don't know who it's going to be, whether it's Timo Meyer or Patrick Kane or Vladimir Tarasenko or somebody mm-hmm. that you can get in here to score See if you can't stay in a position to maybe bring Mark Stone back for the playoffs. And then you get his insertion into the lineup. Like he's, they're absolutely going to do something. They've got $12 million in cap space and they are in on everybody, even when they have no cap space. Mm -hmm. Like look at what they've been able to do when they, when we think they're totally not going to be able to afford it. Now that we Mm -hmm. know they can, now that we know that they have this much money, I mean, don't be shocked if they had two major pieces. Like it, it would not be surprising to me at all if they take a massive swing immediately after the all-star break, like I think they're looking around. I think they're going to try to to check in on almost everybody and then figure out what it is they want to do. And, and they'll spend money like, you know, and I think even if he's able to come back, like you want him back as soon as possible, but he's going to miss enough time that you're like, okay, well let's just keep him out. And you know, I, we all know the NHL doesn't look at these things very closely. Um, <laughs> so they're, nobody's going to cause a stink over it. And, 
will we all will, will any of us be surprised? I mean, again, we don't know how severe this is. It's probably pretty bad, so he might not be back at all. But if he comes back for the first game of the playoffs, will anybody be shocked? Like, would you be surprised if that's what you saw? No, because they use the word indefinitely, not out for the season. And I feel like, you know, if he was out for the season, he's out for the season. There's nothing you can do about that. But the fact that the door's kind of still open there, yeah, I would not be surprised. I think we talked about this even before the show about Nikita Kucherov on the Tampa Bay Lightning. They did the same thing. So, uh, I mean, activated him during the playoffs, even when he sat out. So, yeah, that. <laughs> yeah, Vegas I mean, are just yes, yeah, something. Well, these guys are skating around, they're practicing, they're ready to go. Oh, no, 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 he's not ready, he's not coming back. And then mm-hmm. magically, he's good for game one. Like, it is what the NHL is allowing it to be. So, to be totally whatever, in a defense to Vegas and Tampa and all these teams that are doing it, if you're not doing it, you know, like you're not really trying, I guess. What do they say about cheating? If you're not cheating, you're not trying. I mean, that's just the. <laughs> The reality sometimes of these situations is that if you have the opportunity and the NHL allows it or they just don't look very closely, why would you not do it? Like, it's mm-hmm. just it's, so I think that they will. They'll absolutely do this. So let's talk about who you think they'll go for, because, again, knowing that they can't really replace Mark Stone. Mm-hmm. What's the closest thing? Like, who who's the biggest ticket that Vegas could go for? Because that's probably where we should start. Right. Vegas goes for the mm-hmm. biggest ticket all the time. Mm-hmm. The one thing I'll say is they probably can't go for anybody with term. It's going to yeah. have to probably be a rental, a pending UFA, or somebody they intend to flip in the offseason. But who who do you imagine that they target first? Um, do you know what? I was just thinking about this while we were talking. I, I would have been interested to see, obviously, this news about Mark Stone came out today. I would have been interested to see if Bo Horvat was still on Vancouver if something would have been done. Because now that they know or I think they probably did already know even before today, but I would have been interested though, to see if they were more aggressive there, but really just the only thing that's sticking in my mind is Timo Myers, probably the hottest goal scorer on the market right now. Um, I do see, I say this every episode, but it is true. They probably will look at Patrick Kane, I think too, because Why would you not? although yeah, that's a, that would be a big splash <laughs> for them for sure. That sounds like something Vegas would do, uh, try to get a hall of famer like that on their team. But that's a little tricky because he hasn't even said he's moving is no movement clause. But Timo Meyer to me seems like a safe bet. It seems like he's the one everyone's in on right now. Everyone wants him and for good reason. So I think there could be something there, especially now that they kind of missed on Bo Horvat, which actually probably would have been perfect because he's kind of he's a two way player, really great goal scorer. He kind of he's similar a lot uh, to Mark Stone, I think, in some ways different players but there's some similarities there yeah yeah he's probably the closest thing to being that you know, the, the the person that sort of stirs the drink and leads the team and mm-hmm. it, on the ice and off the ice is just a solid worker um things like that but yeah you're right like again we talked about whether or not he'll be available to come down the road i wouldn't be shocked if like because you got to consider that if patrick kane does choose to go and why i guess would vegas not be an attractive option for him uh like anybody going to vegas it's Vegas, it's tax-free, they're competitive, uh, it's temporary, right? Like, you don't have to, they'll probably try to sign them. They always try to sign everybody, <laughs> and then they flip somebody else. But, mm-hmm. like, they could have Chicago retain salary, and they can go for mm-hmm. somebody else, too. Like, mm-hmm. there's just, they have enough money to do it. Like, mm-hmm. most teams don't. Like, he's a $10 million player if they retain, he's like, or 10.5. He's like 5.75 if they retain. Vegas can afford that, and then, like, another $5 million on top of it to do something else. So, like... Mm-hmm there's no reason that Vegas won't take a massive swing here. Like that's just, it's, it's open things. wide. we thought when we talked about Carolina and losing Max Pacioretty and them having mm-hmm. some money, 
Well, Vegas is right there now too. They are another Carolina just in the Western conference, right? Like Mm -hmm. they're, they're a team now that's going, okay, like you spend, we spend and we spend anyway. So it's going to be really interesting to see kind of what happens here, but yeah, I'm not sure if Timo Meyer is a guy he might be. Uh, I think there's enough teams in on him that it then becomes about what San Jose will get in return. And the one thing I don't, I don't know for sure. I'd have to look this up. I can only imagine that Vegas does not have a stock cupboard full of prospects and draft picks because they've given many of them away already. Um, And so that becomes an issue for Vegas, right? Like what can you trade for these guys? Because the teams that are moving them are going to get those kinds of offers, right? They want picks, they want prospects, they want all that stuff. I don't know what Vegas has. I'd have to look it up, but I don't know what Vegas has left in that regard. Do they have enough to pull that off? And do they have enough to pull it off twice? Right. Like if they were going for two major names. So that will be interesting. Here's the thing. Vegas has done a pretty good job in the past of trading players for nothing. (laughs) They've done a good job of literally not really having to offer anything. So who knows? Maybe, maybe they will. But yeah, for someone like Timo Meyer, I don't see it happening. San Jose is not going to settle for nothing. So yeah, that is tough uh, for sure. So yeah, we'll have to see what happens there. But money does play a big factor there, especially term, like you mentioned. So, yeah, that, they're an interesting team to watch for sure. I think also something that stands out to me is they're a team that shouldn't have to make a huge splash. When you have a team that's full of players like they have that are all-stars, you shouldn't need to have to make such a big splash like that. You know, and maybe if they were still performing to a high standard, things would be different. We don't know what that would look like. Or maybe not because they're Vegas and they like to be showy. But, yeah, they're an interesting team, though. Yeah, that's a good word. Vegas likes to be showy, which is absolutely fitting of where they're from and and where they play. This the you know the the showy uh, city of the United States, I suppose. I don't know if that's a a proper term for them, but you know what I mean. Um, okay, before we close off here, uh, let's talk a little bit about the All Star Game. I know we didn't plan on doing this, but I do want to get your take. I want to know one: Are you gonna are you planning on watching it? I'm not usually a big fan of the all-star game. Sometimes the skills competitions are interesting, but the game itself, I might tune in for a few minutes though, just to see. Well, I asked this question because two of the players that are now, uh, you know, a big part of front page news when it comes to the all-star game is Bo Horvat, who has now been ruled. He's still playing for the Western conference Pacific division team, but he's going to be wearing an Islanders Jersey, which is really strange. Um, I guess when you play the actual game, you're just wearing the all-star game colors, but uh, in the skills competition, he'll be wearing an Islanders Jersey and playing for the, the Western conference. And then Chandler Stevenson from Vegas is going in place of Matty Beneers in Seattle because Seattle he's injured after getting run over by Tyler Myers and Seattle couldn't find a replacement in time. So they're sending Chandler Stevenson. So it's interesting that we're talking about Horvat and we're talking about a, a player from Vegas, uh, who a team we are now talking about is filling in here. Uh, how much of a, sh- a mess is this all-star? Like, are you one of those people that like, this is a joke. Like it's, it's silly that you have to pick one person from every team. The game itself is kind of like not very entertaining. Like, are you on that wagon? Are you like a lot of people who think that sort of thing? Or do you not really, it does it not really bother you the way that they select these teams. Um, the thing I guess that bothers me is I feel like I heard a lot of NHL fans that were voting saying they felt like their votes didn't count here. Like there were some additions that everyone was kind of like, really? I don't know about that. Um, so maybe it's a little strange there and maybe that kind of takes the experience 
out of that for sure. Like there probably were a lot of players that deserved to be there that did not. Um, and yeah, I know that every player from each team, I know a lot of people have mixed feelings about that. I kind of have mixed feelings about that too. I don't exactly know how I feel about that, but yeah, it's, yeah, I'm just not a big fan of the whole thing. And I feel like, yeah, the fan experience maybe is not as high as it should be. Yeah. I mean, in, there's a very small part of me that says, I understand why you would want someone from every team represented at the Mm all-star game, but like 98% of me is like, that's stupid (laughs) because the all-star game, the point of an all-star game is that the best of the best is there Mm -hmm. now, barring injury, which we know will happen. Mm -hmm. We'll keep some of those players away that you absolutely should have your league's best representatives, even if they're like in the mm-hmm. NBA where an entire starting lineup for the Eastern conference could be guys from one team. Like mm-hmm. it's, it seems, and it looks funny, but if that's what it is, that's what it is, right? Like there are just the best players or the ones that are the most popular to the fans or were voted in or whatever the case is and how you, just, that should be who goes. And if you have to force, and then when you decide to replace players, without still sticking to that format, mm-hmm. it seems crazy to me. I just, I get the whole Seattle situation as to they mm-hmm. couldn't find anybody and they tried and they just, they ended up having to go to Vegas. But like, it's just nutty. I just don't understand why they do that. It just doesn't make any sense to me. And they, they're surprised why people don't necessarily want to watch. Um, you, know, you know, when you've got like six, seven players that probably, no offense to them, don't deserve to be there. Right. right? And then you've got, you know, I'm I'm a little biased, but like, Zach Hyman, Ryan Ninja Hopkins yeah. on the Oilers are having fantastic seasons or better selections than a quarter of the people who are making this all-star team. Mm-hmm. They're not there. And I'm sure a lot of players or fans on other teams will say this about their own teams. It's like, oh, you could have sent this guy. Like Toronto's got a few. You could have sent this mm-hmm. guy. There's like a, a number of players that are not going like Brad Marchand's not going, which is if you've watched his Twitter feed today, he, I think he's bored. Like, he's like, I should be going, let's have some fun on Twitter. I'm going crazy this week. Right. Like he's just all over the place. And he's a guy you want <laughs> there. Like he's, he's nutty and weird, but like, he's a really good rep for your game. So I don't know why you wouldn't want him there, but yeah, it's, it's also silly to me. I will watch it, but like <laughs> the whole time I'll be like, I don't know why these people didn't just pick, you know, the best of the best, but you're right. The right. skills competition will be fun. Yes. Like I said, the skills, the hardest shot, I kind of like the breakaway challenge I think is cool too. Yeah. Some of the skills competitions are entertaining. Well, there's sure. like a, a, a pitch and puck thing, which is like a mashup of golf and hockey. There's like a dunk tank thing that apparently Sidney Crosby was working a team together and trying to be for his group. So and that's an, all in good fun. Right. So that'll be interesting. Even if it's corny as whatever, but yeah. um, at least it'll be you know mildly entertaining. So I'll check that out. Okay. Well, I do. I'll, the last question before we go, do you think, expect there'll be any other trades, while the all-star break is happening here, like there's one more game tonight, I think. And then that's Mm -hmm. it. And then do you expect, like, I was a little surprised that the Horvat thing happened right when the all-star break was kind of kicking off here. Do you expect Mm -hmm. any more action during the the week? Or do you think people will just lay lay low for a bit? I feel like there could be now that they know what Bo Horvat's return is, but something tells me, no, that's usually not really how teams operate, which I think is why we were so surprised. But yeah, like I said, I think the door, there's a possibility I just don't see it happening though. Yeah, no, me neither. I think it's going to get quiet for a few days. So we'll have to come up with some creative things to write about just to make sure that we have enough content to go through the next five or six days. We'll Brooke, talk about Brad you... Marchand on Twitter. That should give it, us enough. Uh, yeah, well, let's hope he keeps busy because it'll give yeah. us content to talk about, right? <laughs> I appreciate you doing this, Brooke. Thank you very much. I uh, had some fun talking about uh, Bull Horvat, talking about uh, Mark Stone's injury and what's going to happen there in Vegas. 
And obviously when we do another show here next week, we'll probably have something else that we can chat about mm-hmm. related to the trade deadline, which is a very busy time for folks like us who cover NHL trades on our website. So uh, thanks again for everybody else. This has been another edition of NHL Trade Talk, the podcast. Uh, don't forget, download, subscribe, and share this with everybody that you possibly can. And give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. We greatly appreciate it. Thanks, Brooke. Yeah, thank you, Jim. Talk to everybody next week. Bye.